Hello and welcome to the week 18 version of the Lines Megapod. It is Matt Brown. It is Adam Candy. It is Steven Anderson. We are going to do our best to navigate through this very interesting and really in all the years I've been doing this um, most confusing last week of the season. I was about to say week 18. We've only had that for a couple of years, but last week of the season, I'll put it that way. Um, usually we would have a lot of different motivational kind of angles in place and things were very clear as to which teams were going to play starters and not. And we would at least have a pretty decent idea of which teams are going to be punting things off, but not as clear this week. And certainly a lot of that has to do with a, you know, an unprecedented situation that went down on Monday night where this is the first time for us getting to you guys. We're not going to belabor the point. Of course, it's been, you've been. You're sports fans. You've been watching this all week long. We can't say anything that hasn't already been said and hadn't already been heard, but do at least want to acknowledge uh, we are very, very excited about the developments there in the DeMar Hamlin situation. And, you know, uh, Stephen, Adam, I'll give each of you guys just, you know, a few seconds here to kind of give your your piece here. But for me, now that things are, you know, moving in the right direction, I understand not postponing these Week 18 games and things like that. I mean, according to every, you know, even DeMar's family, He's, you know, first thing he did was ask about, you know, who won the game and and that he would want the teams to move forward and things like that. And, you know, I'm not one to judge outside of that. If the guy that we would supposedly be delaying a whole week of NFL games for says no game should be played, football should go on as usual, then I'm going to sit back and, and let him make that decision. But, uh, Stephen, I'll give you a few seconds here at the top of the show. Yeah, sure. I was actually in the stadium with one of our staff members, Brett Gibbons, when it went down and the 24, 48 hours after that, you know, it, it was hard for me. I, I was trying to figure out how I was. I didn't feel like handicapping any game, right? Like all I cared about was like this poor kid, this 24 year old was okay. And, and thank God he's looking great at this point. And you know, what, what changed my attitude around was going back and listening to his personal story and listening to um, some of the interviews he did leading up to this, this horrific event. And he just had this total mindset of seizing the day every single day, making the most of it. He was quoted on a Bills interview saying, you never know how long we're going to have to be able to do this. So take advantage of it. Enjoy every moment. And um, that's kind of got me back in, in a great positive mindset to just, um, you know, we come to sports as a release from everyday life. Right. And it's it's one of the more this podcast is the most fun thing I do every week. Uh, whether it's work or personal life. And um, I think we're fortunate to be in a position to cover sports for a living. And I think um, it's awesome that we have now somebody who's come from a complete unknown to being somebody who's going to be a positive force for change and and his charity as well. Having more than $6 million is just amazing. Helping kids in, in tough neighborhoods, get some toys around the holidays. I think it's turning into a great feel good story now after what was feared to be an awful story. Adam, I know you've dealt with something like this before. I mean, uh, it's, it's not that it gets any easier, obviously. I can only imagine though, just watching it play out on television, you know, you were probably thinking, Oh man, I, I can't believe this might happen again. Yeah, Matt. Uh, and you're referencing the fact that 20 years ago, I covered a high school football game in which it did turn out differently. Uh, and a young man lost his life um, playing the game that he loved. And, you know, uh, much like Stephen was talking about being 
there in Cincinnati. You know, I, I was at the field where they took the ambulance away. And then I was also there at the funeral when the young man was uh, was lowered into the ground. And it never makes any sense in any of these situations, right? We, we watch these games and we watch young men performing at the absolute peak of their athleticism and in theory health and we at least willingly put aside our knowledge that this risk exists mm-hmm. and so all the respect to um you know to the bills medical staff who've gotten all of the deserved praise for the quick reactions that they had and you know for us here in our little corner of the world, we bet on sports because we are part of a community in a way. And I don't mean to make it too rosy or anything like that, but we're all looking for some sort of connection to these games, right? We're all looking for some some way to feel connected to the people around us. And the fact that we're doing this podcast is a way where we're trying to build our little community of folks who listen to this and have, you know, put a little bit of life and personality to all of these things. So I'll finish it with this. For me, when this became at least acceptable for us was yesterday when they did the press conference with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. And the question was asked to both of them, you know, are the Buffalo Bills ready to play a game? And Josh Allen basically looked at Sean McDermott like, I've got this one and said, yeah, we're ready to play a game right now. And when when the young men who are the closest companions of DeMar Hamlin say, you know what, we're good, we want to go back out there, then we're good to talk. Guys, and as Adam kind of said, like, you know, we're in our own little little space here. So, again, we are from this point forward, we're going to talk about the NFL like we're talking about the NFL. Right. So we are here to handicap these games as best as humanly possible. We're going to talk about them from a betting perspective. So here we go with starting that decision was made to cancel the Bills and Bengals game. What that has done, it has made a different scenario here play out in week 18 because, guys, we were going to possibly be playing for the number one seed. That is actually not going to be the case. As we know, the Chiefs are going to come away with the number one seed because we're going to win percentage. Now, in announcing the decision to cancel the game, the NFL said three key factors. The outcome would have no bearing on which teams actually qualified for the postseason playing the game would have altered the playoff schedule for the remaining teams and not not playing the games would allow the clubs to know what the postseason possibilities were heading into week 18. So basically we know now the chiefs are going to be the number one seed. We know now that Cincinnati Bengals are your AFC North champions as we head into this week. So that is kind of the preface as to how we will be looking at these games as we move forward, what motivational factors play into these games and which teams absolutely lack all motivation from other aspects. And of course, there's one key game we're going to talk about where both teams have incentive, but it's the other way is to lose. I don't know what's going to happen here. Are we going to get a, you know, a zero zero tie in this thing, but it'll be incredibly interesting as we move forward. So we'll go ahead. And kick things off here. It is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs are nine, nine and a half point favorites on the road at the Raiders in Las Vegas. A total of 52, 52 and a half. Uh, Adam, we know here the Chiefs are your number one seed. So long as they go ahead and, and take care of business here as nine, nine and a half point favorites, as everyone thinks that they are going to do. So there is motivation for them. Do they have but. 
they only have to win. This is the one thing that we're going to have to kind of keep in, you know, in our minds as we're handicapping this game. Yes, there's motivation for the Chiefs to win. They don't have to win by 10 points, right? I mean, like they, they if they're up 17 in the fourth quarter, certainly we will see Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, you know, anybody on, on the sidelines taking absolutely no risk of any sort of injuries and stuff. So that is something we are really going to have to tiptoe here as we move into this week. So I assume you think the Chiefs are going to win over a Jared Stidham led Las, Las Vegas Raiders team, but do they win by double digits? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And if we saw anything last week with the Raiders against the San Francisco 49ers, it's that there was some life in the offense. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure we expected that kind of life in the offense against the defense as good as San Francisco. And that would give me all the pause I would need to not lay those points with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you. I think the best thing we can talk about this week, like you said, is motivation. The Chiefs have to win this game. So I think ultimately, with as bad as the Raiders' defense is, the Chiefs are going to win this game. But the one consistent thing we've seen with Kansas City is that covering spreads over the last two years of more than a touchdown is not a thing that they have done well. If we look at this, Stephen, I, I almost do wonder... If 52, even with being, you know, in a year where we've had depressed totals, I wonder if 52 is enough, right? Because it's kind of one of those things where if we think the Chiefs come out, hair on fire, you know, hey, we got to win this game, one C, et cetera, et cetera. And they're just lighting the field up, you know, like, could the Chiefs play into the 30s? I think that's within the realm of possibility here. And then as Adam just mentioned, I mean, Stidham and the Raiders looked competent last week. It's not like he doesn't have weapons he's got Waller he's got Adams he's got Jacob I mean like so I, I don't know like it's, as high as 52 is for a 2022-2023 season total I I probably might be looking towards the over in this thing sounds good to me but you're talking to the guy who's lost a little bit of money this season betting total so I'm gonna <laughs> leave that to you and I want to talk about sides since I'm hitting like 65 percent on sides this year so uh, I agree with Adam that this number is inflated. And I think that's a constant theme we see each year in the final week of the regular season with the NFL, especially as we get closer to kickoff. The teams that have something to play for often are priced more expensively than they would in a normal week. And you have to decide whether the team that has nothing to play for is going to come out and give a full honest effort. If you think that's the case, then you're probably getting value taking the dog. I think that's the case with the Las Vegas Raiders here. I'm going to bet Raiders plus nine and a half. This line was KC minus seven at home earlier this year against the Raiders. It's now nine and a half on the road. Now, I know Derek Carr isn't playing, but to Adam's point, I was impressed as well with Stidham against a defense that most of us, I think, would characterize as close to, if not the best in the NFL. He was top five in adjusted EPA, third in success rate, sixth in completion percentage over expected, despite having the number 27 expected completion percentage because he was throwing the throwing the ball downfield so often. He was number four in air yards last week. So mm-hmm. I was impressed by Stidham last week. And on top of that, the concern would be that the Chiefs defenses look good over the past month. They're top 10 in a lot of categories over the past four weeks. But they played Denver twice, Houston, and Seattle. So I don't know how much to weigh into that. I think nine and a half is a lot of points. I think the Chiefs are going to score in this game, but I think the Raiders are going to be able to keep pace here and and keep this within one possession. So we'll move on to the second game here on Saturday. Listen, we can... 
Here, here's our channel. Okay, if we're going to say, hey, man, awesome job on all of the medical personnel and everything that they did in, in the Bills Cincinnati game, then here's our chance to crap on the NFL because what are you doing putting this game on Saturday? Like the game that we knew for sure was going to mean something. Put this game on Sunday, but instead, here we go. The Titans and the Jags are on Saturday evening. And with that, we have the Jags six and a half point favorites over the Titans, a total of 39 and a half or 40. Guys, we know this one. Win and you're in, right? Either one of these teams win. They are in the playoffs because they will have won the division. Now, there is a very wacky scenario in which the Jags can lose and still get in, but it is so incredibly highly unlikely. We're not going to even go into all that. Let's just keep it to they have to win to get into the playoffs. Steven, if you look at this on paper, the Jags have been one of the more impressive teams over the last six weeks in the NFL. The Titans, certainly one of the more disappointing teams overall in the last six weeks. They are going to go with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. That being said, this team is a very different looking team this week than they were last week. All of those guys that didn't play last week were all back at practice this week, all practicing in full. Most of them not even listed on the injury report this week as well. So if you're trying to handicap, I guess that's my my very long-winded way of saying, if you're trying to handicap this game off of what you saw last week, I think you're kind of doing it wrong because they are going to get back a ton of key pieces on the defensive side of the ball. And look, we were joking, sign a guy eight days off a of practice squad, come in and start, but it's another week that he's been with the offense here with Josh Dobbs, and it certainly looked like they were more willing to open up the offense and throw the ball around a little bit with him under center. Certainly looked better than Malik Willis, I'll say that, but that was not exactly a high bar to clear. Uh, the For me, though, if, if you're backing the Titans this week, it's the Mike Vrabel as a dog, gets his guys up to play, well-coached angle. But I, I can't get there. Uh, mm-hmm. I have Jags division futures, full disclosure, so I have the option here to partially hedge and maybe even middle it with the Titans to cover six and a half. I'm just not interested. Uh, Josh Dobbs last week in that game, 23rd and 24th among all quarterbacks last week in EPA and success rate. So he's better than Malik Willis, but still bad. Expected completion percentage was 62% and he only completed 52% of his passes. Um, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. The injury report is cleaner for Tennessee, but it's still not completely clean, Matt. In fact, their top wide receiver, Traylon Burks, was a midweek addition to the injury report, went from limited to DNP Wednesday to Thursday. He's officially questionable. Their right tackle was limited all week with an ankle. He's questionable. Uh, Their safety, Imani Hooker, was also a midweek downgrade from limited to DNP Wednesday to Thursday. He's questionable. Christian Fulton, one of their top cornerbacks, limited all week. He's questionable. So these guys are practicing, but are they 100%? And I guess the one positive would be their top defender, maybe the best player on their team, Jeffrey Simmons. He's listed as questionable, but he looks like he's going to play, but he was still limited all week. So Same with Danico Autry. Um, yeah. So, yeah D- Derrick Henry, of course, back, all the things like that. So all the beat writers are saying they're, they're all play. likely to go. Yeah, yeah, they're going to play, but how healthy, how effective are they going to be considering this defense over the past month was – the worst in the league in drop back success rate and Trevor Lawrence tore up this secondary the first time around. So uh, long winded way of saying I'm not betting on the game. I have Jags futures. I'm going to let them ride and I'm not going to hedge it with Tennessee plus six and a half. 
Adam, one of the very few games where we have a very cut and dry kind of scenario. The, both of these teams going to go all out. Anyone that can play is going to play because this is the only chance you get that you control to get into the playoffs. So uh, cut and dry game here for us. One of the easier ones, at least for me, of the week to try and handicap. That being said, I think the number's pretty appropriate. I think the total is pretty appropriate in all of this. Like, if anything, maybe a slight a slight lean towards the over if we believe that there is any sort of upgrade at the quarterback position with Josh Dobbs. Like, that would kind of maybe be the look for me. There is still a 39 and a half floating out there in this one. Do you have any sort of angle on the side or total? Well, I think to what you're saying right now, Matt, it's a very clear if you believe it's the favorite, it's the over. If you believe it's the uh, uh, under, it's the dog. Because I think Tennessee's going to have to slop up this game in order to win it. There's no way in which I believe that they can continue to score with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me go back and give you some stats from a month ago. Coming into the game, these teams played in Tennessee. The Titans were 7-5. and five. The Jaguars were 4-8. and eight. And... If you got these numbers out of Tennessee, Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, 25 of 38, 254, two touchdowns and a pick. You probably feel okay if you're Tennessee, right? Like that, that looks a lot like what the Tennessee offense would need to produce to win a game. And they lost the game 36 to 22, and it really was 36 to 14, and they gave up 29 unanswered points mm -hmm. in that game so i feel you on the idea of the spread being appropriate that you don't want to undervalue uh what tennessee is capable of doing in this spot however uh i just i can't get there on the narrative of Vrabel and, and getting up for a game when there's a talent deficit the way that there is and mm -hmm. the jacksonville jaguars are going a completely different direction right now than tennessee so uh i think i would only decide to uh, tease the Jags down to a pick uh, yeah. if or I should say to a half point uh, in most spots if you were going to play this. But that's about it. We're always looking for alternate ways to bet games, guys. So I'm just looking here. And would we would we agree that the only way in the world that the Titans keep this thing close as if Derrick Henry actually has a day, right? Like, I don't think we think that if Derrick Henry is completely bottled up that Josh Dobbs is going to lead this team to some miracle, you know, whatever. Like if we, if we believe that narrative, like Derrick Henry, a hundred, a hundred yards or more is plus plus one thirty. You're actually getting plus plus one thirty as opposed to laying minus minus one ten and whatever. Like I can't imagine a scenario in which Derrick Henry is completely bottled up in this game. And yet the Titans still keep this thing close because it seems like the only path to really keeping this close would be Derrick Henry having a day here. So again, just kind of alternate ways you can look at maybe betting this game because uh, you know, you can tell a story and if that story plays out, maybe get you a plus plus one thirty there on Derrick Henry to have a, have a big game, but man, I'll, I'll be curious watching this one though, because I, I do want to know if the Jags, if the Jags are, are real, you know, like, I mean, cause this is it, right? Like you, this, this is the test, is it not? I mean, it's like, like you, you win, you're in. You've been one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Don't go lay an egg, Matthew, right? Matthew, like, yeah. they are real, and they are spectacular. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, I know. I know. I really do like this team. I really do. 
Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, the Falcons are four to four and a half point favorites over the Bucks. 40 and a half is your total. So as we sit here, Adam, we know that the Bucks have said they are, are going to at least play their starters. What we do not know is how long they're going to play their starters. I think it is probably their, my guess is this is probably the coaching staff thinking, Hey, we actually found a little bit last week. We actually got a little bit of stuff going. Let's at least get a few series and try to build upon Tom Brady hitting Mike Evans for three bomb, massive touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. That's my guess. Now, does that mean a few series? Does that mean a quarter? Does that mean the first half? Does that mean the majority of the game? All of this plays into whether this is massively mispriced or priced appropriately. How do you kind of view what you think might go on here? My overall thought is, are Tampa's backups four and a half points worse than what the Atlanta Falcons mm -hmm. are throwing out there right now? Mm -hmm. Because it's not as though this Desmond Ritter-led offense has been running up and down the field on anybody. So even if you have Tampa's defensive backups in there, is Atlanta going to be able to score? So I think the, the two ways that I would look at this is the slightly riskier way would be to take the points with Tampa Bay. But I have no idea how Tampa's number two offense and what we've seen out of the Atlanta offense get to the number. Mm -hmm. right? That to me is, is the straighter path into this game is if you look at the total and 40 and a half honestly feels kind of high in a year when we've seen 35s on the board. Are we giving that much respect to what we saw out of Tampa's offense last week? Because for the, you know, 16 before it, it didn't look very good. Steven, we take a look here at, you know, nothing to play for for the Bucs. They are, they are locked in, locked up, nothing to move, nothing whatever. We know where they're going to be. Falcons, I mean, if you want to say any sort of motivation, I guess the only thing would be from a Falcons perspective, you do have a rookie quarterback. You still want to get the guy quality reps. You still want to see what you have in Desmond Ritter, et cetera, et cetera. So there is that playing into all of this. Uh, four, four and a half. What are you seeing as to how this game might play out? I agree that this line is closer to being completely mispriced than appropriate. And mm -hmm. for starters, the opponent they're playing, like Adam said, the Falcons don't beat anybody by margin. Like they played David Blau last week and needed a last mm -hmm. second field goal just to win the game when they were six point favorites in that game. So this has been a storyline for us with Atlanta all season long. You do not want to bet them when they are favored by more than a field goal often don't want to bet them when they're favored at all so with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense I do think there is something to them wanting to play for at least some portion of this game their starters to make sure that they're trying to you know run a little bit closer to a clean offense they admittedly from the interviews I've seen don't feel great about where they are they still want to continue to have momentum going into the playoffs and uh, it took them getting down 14 points again last week against the Panthers to finally open it up and say the hell with the run game that hasn't worked all year long. And with that negative game script, they wound up throwing it 45 times and only rushing it 25 times, scored 30 points and had more than six yards per play. So, I mean, note to self when they play Dallas next week, if they get down early, 
they're actually going to be the better version of their offense because they're not going to be able to run the ball. So I might be in a live betting opportunity there. But for this week, I am. This was the lines.com discord channel bet of the week. I mean, we got this at plus seven and a half earlier this week with Tampa Bay. So we're sitting on a great number. But even for those that aren't in the market yet, this feels to me like Jacksonville, Houston from last week, where the market thought all the starters weren't going to play, but all the reports out from the team were that they are going to play. So at the very least, if you are concerned the Bucs aren't going to play in the second half, you're getting plus money on the superior team here in the first half. I mean, I think you can get like plus 140 on the Bucks in the first half. So, um, yeah, I, I'm fine with playing the Bucks any which way at these numbers, to be honest with you. And if you're concerned starters are going to get pulled, just play them in the first half at really good numbers. Yeah, I am. I am more apt to take the points with the Bucks. I'm certainly more apt to play them in the first half than I would be ever laying anything with this Falcons team. The defense is absolutely atrocious. They've shown nothing on offense, really. I, I think Ritter may end up actually being fine when it's all said and done. But you know, again, I, I don't. I don't have any reason to believe that that's going to just magically manifest here in in Week 18. All of a sudden. Against the Bucks, So again, yeah, I would be much, much more apt to take the points in this one than I would be laying anything at all. All right, we're moving on here to the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills are seven point favorites in this one at home against the Patriots. 42, 42 and a half is the total again. Uh, Bills could be in a situation where they already know that the that the Chiefs have locked up the number one seed. That being said, you could not keep these guys off the field for anything in this game, at least not for a while, right? I mean, like, this is not going to be a scenario in which we're worried about whether the the starters are going to play or not play or any kind of anything like that. I mean, you couldn't keep these guys off the field if you tried. Word coming through as we're sitting here recording this, that the breathing tube was removed from DeMar Hamlin last night. He's actually talking, was FaceTiming with players and things like that today. So awesome. uh, has all Love that it. going on. And, and so... We're we're literally we are going to get a jacked up version of this Bills team. There's no doubt about that. So, guys, where that put me on this is I wasn't willing to lay the full seven. I did tease this down to a point. I have them paired up with a team later on in the pod that we will talk about that is also sitting in that very teasable range still as we sit right now. So that was kind of my angle here. I'm really asking the Bills starters who are likely going to play, like I said, Definitely three quarters in this thing, maybe a little bit more to to get me a win by a point. Uh, Steven, what do you see here in this one? Well, the Bills need the game because if they don't win, then they do have to go to Kansas City to play in the potential AFC championship game if we're assuming the Chiefs win. If the Bills win this game, then it ensures that a potential AFC championship game is at least on a neutral field against the Chiefs. <laughs> which we will so, find out at some point later today as we're recording this, which is why we can run through all that. The owners are voting on that right. at some point as to what scenario. Yes, so we don't have the full details on that quite yet. If approved, that's the scenario, yeah. though. So, yeah. and there is no backup scenario at the moment. So, um, that's what I'm operating on. I can't imagine the owners would not approve this. The majority of owners would not approve this. So, I'm operating under the assumption, as we record right now, that the Bills need to win to ensure a neutral field AFC championship game against the Chiefs. Uh, this line was 10 on the look ahead, it's now seven. Um, I think that. 
if you look at the recent matchups between these two rosters, and there's a lot of carryover from the past two years, the only time the Patriots have even been competitive against the Buffalo Bills was that crazy wind game where the Bills literally couldn't throw the ball and the Patriots mucked it up and only threw it three times themselves. So uh, I think a teaser leg is a great spot here, Matt, if you look at the matchup between these two teams. I have no interest in trying to figure out motivation or emotions and all that. Like I, I'm, I'm just going to bet the game. I'm just happy DeMar Hamlin's okay, and I think – that this is a mismatch any way you slice it with Buffalo uh, against New England. And I think the teaser leg's a great look here by you. Yeah, Adam, when we take a look here, uh, I mean, this is an important this is an important game for the Patriots, who, again, are, are clinging to their playoff hopes as well. So I don't want to just make it look like this is only one-way motivation. Right. Certainly the Patriots are, are playing to try to get into the playoffs as well in this thing. But I don't think, you know, listen – I think we've been very honest about this Patriots team on the podcast over 18 weeks of recording this thing. I think that we look and we say it's a very fair thing to say that this is just a average to mediocre NFL team, right? They don't do anything exceptionally well on the offensive side of the ball. As we found out when they play high powered offenses, the defensive numbers that they compiled over the course of the season don't really bear out because the high powered offenses have been able to score against this defense. And I think it's just kind of a I think it's kind of a middling team against a team that we all have in the top three of our power ratings. The word that comes to mind, Adam, is eh. eh. So when I look at the New England Patriots, I see a team to the point that Matt just made where the defense can't get left on the field all day. And that's the problem when you face these high-powered offenses is yeah. that you have teams that are able to expose that. Now, when you talk about the Buffalo Bills this week, just to get the betting piece in there, yeah, mm. uh, they think the teaser like makes all the sense in the yeah. world because there is still motivation for the Bills. I'll only add this much to it. They also need the game for, for practical reasons because they didn't play last week, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they played a quarter. And so if you don't put the starters out there for a significant length of time, then you're essentially talking about two to three full weeks with these guys not having gotten a real run out there. So I, like you said, Matt, a half at minimum, three quarters almost for sure. And it wouldn't shock me if it were a full game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really do. I like a, a teaser like angle there. I mean, just asking these guys to win, I think is, is a pretty solid bet in that one. And again, there are now as these lines start to take shape here, some, some, Dance partners, if you did want to play that teaser leg. Uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. This is sitting Vikings as now seven and a half point favorites at the Chicago Bears. 43, 43 and a half is your total. Of course, this moved on the news that Justin Fields is not going to play for the Chicago Bears this week. That is the smart decision by this organization. I know people are saying, but, but, but the record the future of your franchise is much more important than a singular rushing record for the quarterback. And Oh, by the way, he could get it next year or the year exactly. after that, whatever it's like. I mean, this is the, this is your franchise future in a meaningless game. Don't trot a guy out there. That's, that's not needed. Now, Adam, of course, this is a game. The Vikings are again, in theory, need to go out and play hard and win because there are backdoor scenarios to all different kinds of seeding things in the NFC. So there is that at play here for the Vikings who find themselves as more than a touchdown favorite now against the bears. I'm going to lay off this um, 
there's way too much at, at question here for both of these teams. And I know we've seen Minnesota play much better than they did last week. Mm. Uh, but that's now twice that we've watched Minnesota go out there and be absolutely destroyed by a superior opponent. And so, you know, I understand that that is not the Chicago Bears in any way, shape or form, but there's there's too much at play here. I mean, I'm sure some people will, will probably want to tease this down into the range below a field goal and say, how could Minnesota lose to Chicago? I, I don't know, but at the same time, I don't want to put my money uh, in in the way of it. So we're going to get Nathan Peterman here, Stephen. And uh, look, he's got Enough experience. Said. I mean, like, I mean he's got experience at least. At, like we're not trotting out whatever you know a rookie that has never taken a snap before. So there's at least that. Uh, where I'm going with this is this: the total sitting at 43, right? Okay. The Bears defense. Is, is at least it's in the same breath with the Falcons as the worst defense in the NFL. Question, no question, right? The, but the Vikings defense is not that great, right? And certainly in a garbage time scenario, if that were to play out, we know they already play these like soft zone looks. They're going to get the softest zone looks. These Bears are going to get the softest zone looks you've ever seen in, in, in the whole world. I kind of think 43 is too low in this game, even with Peterman at quarterback, because the Vikings are going to score a lot of points against the Bears. I would imagine into the mid-20s, if not into the low 30s, because, again, this offense has been good against bad defenses, and then they just don't show up against the good defense, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, they're, they're going to put up points. Can the Bears not muster us 14, 17-ish points in this game? Because if that's the case, I think the over – is the look here because that Vikings defense is probably going to give up some garbage time yards and probably some garbage time scores. So, so let's think about the scenario here with the seeding for a second, because the Vikings play early, the Niners play late. The Vikings theoretically could still be playing for the two seed, but do they want the two seed? Right. Because I know, the two I know. seed going to have to play the Packers or the Seahawks or the Lions and the three seeds going to get to play the Giants, who we all admit have been a great story and overachieved, but don't have the talent of the Lions or the Packers. So I'm not convinced the Vikings actually want to win this game. And I, I suppose they're going to trot their starters out there, but I wouldn't be surprised if the starters don't play the entire game. Um, but with that being said, exactly what Adam noted way too much uncertainty here for me in this one. Nathan Peterman, and you want to bet the over? By all means, you go right ahead. I'm good. Uh, I, I I can't disagree with your handicap other than Nathan Peterman. The that said though, I mean, I know you want to like talk about opponents. Like, I, I mean, two seed gets you two home games. Like you're you're gonna you want the two seed for sure. Uh, well, like, yeah. and 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 you're gonna take this as Giants homerism, I'm sure. But uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the New York Giants put up 6.7 yards per play against Minnesota and lost on a last second field goal. I don't know that that's necessarily an indictment of the Giants to the point where Minnesota would make a decision based on which opponent they get. Yeah, I think for sure. That's we're, fair, but I also yeah. think they don't have much to play for this week other than, you know, two or three seed. They're going to have to play next week no matter what. So I think the bigger risk here is letting some of your key starters possibly get hurt in a week 18 game. I'll say that point at least. 
Yeah, there is that. And then there's also the do they do they after he get had one catch, do they want to go out and get Justin Jefferson, you know, the hundred and ninety three yards he needs to uh to break the all time receiving record. So again, there's all kinds there's of ten to one on that, by the way. I know you're big on some of these contract and, and milestone stuff, Matt. You can get ten to one that he breaks the record. Yeah, I mean I don't getting two hundred yards in the game's hard even against the worst defense in the NFL, but I think they're going to try at least in the first half. I don't know how to doubt he gets there in the first half. They're going to try at least in the first half anyway. Uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. This changed a lot uh, over the last 24 hours because we now know for sure what's at stake. So Bengals are now eight and a half to nine. This thing has already gotten to nine point favorites over the Ravens. Thirty nine and a half is your total a couple of different things. Lamar Jackson's not going to go for the Ravens yet again. So that certainly swung things towards Cincinnati. Cincinnati, again, does have something to play for due to all of these tiebreak rules that we have been talking about and whatnot. So the various scenarios and how the championship games and things like that could all play out in the seedings and stuff has the Cincinnati in a motivational angle here for sure to go ahead and play and win, et cetera, et cetera, even though they have already uh, taken down the, the North. So it's moved out of teaser range at a few of the books out there. So if you did want to get Cincinnati under, under a field goal, it's gone. It's still available at some of the books, at least as of the recording of this. I don't know by the time that you guys are watching this out there, if it'll still be available, Steven, uh, I this was the other leg of the teaser for me with the Bills, but it was when the game was at seven. So I have Cincinnati down to one. Um, that was before I knew how they were going to play out all this other stuff. I just thought Cincinnati was had every reason in the world to go out there and win the game. We know they still do. Now it's gotten up to nine, eight and a half, nine. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this moved Thursday night uh, into Friday morning out of that seven to nine range. There are a couple of eight and eight and a half still available if you're interested in the Bengals teaser leg. And I certainly would be. I would be if you're hearing this then and those eight and eight and a half are still there. I would be all over the Bengals on a teaser leg here because I think this is more likely at this point that the third string quarterback, Anthony Brown, plays than Tyler Huntley, the bank, the the. Ravens don't even know if Lamar Jackson is going to be available for the playoff game and their backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley's banged up. They already have not won the division. The Ravens they're they're eliminated from that. Um, and the Bengals need to win this game to avoid a potential coin flip for home field in the wild card yeah. rematch. If these two teams play each other again. So Bengals have a ton of motivation here. Uh, Again, to Adam's point, after barely playing a game last week as well. So, yeah, I'd be running to the window to get a Bengals teaser leg in here if before it gets to nine across the board, because I think that's pretty likely <laughs> before it gets to nine across the board. Adam, as we were as his as as Stephen was talking, it's gone to nine and a half at three of the books out here. So this thing is like apparently rocket shipping to ten. Uh, let's let's handicap it because let's just assume by the time people are watching this. That it, let's just say it is at 10. What would be your thought then if, if it was sitting like that? Think about the game we watched last week with the Baltimore Ravens against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. That was not pretty. Nope. Uh, and that was a game that the Baltimore Ravens really needed. And they couldn't get it done against the Kenny Pickett led Steelers. What is to make you believe that Cincinnati doesn't run out on them mm-hmm. in the first half alone in a game where Baltimore has no reason to play this game. So uh, 
I'm not going to go and advocate laying that amount of points uh, in any NFL game in 2022. Right. But if you're asking me what's the number where you would take the Ravens, you're probably talking out past 14. Yeah, I, I, you're you're right. Like that's that's basically where I'm at. Like so, even okay. Let's let's live in a world in which I don't have a a teaser leg from the seven down to one. As I look right now, I'm still only laying it with Cincinnati before I'm taking the points with the Ravens. The offense has been broken since Lamar has been out. It has been absolutely atrocious. And again, this Cincinnati offense, short small, obviously short small sample size. What we saw against the Bills this past week and all that, but we have seen it over the several weeks with that as well. They're a truck, man. They just they just go out and score and move on whatever. And as good as you maybe think that the Ravens defense was trending, I don't know if it matters, right? Like, I don't think it really matters all that much. And so, again, guys, we're doing our best to kind of speculate where this might be by the time you watch this. And as I say that, two tens pop on the board. So there are oh, – it, this thing is definitely heading that direction, uh, heading to 10, which also leads me to believe that Stephen – even though we have not gotten the official announcement yet, that maybe what you're saying is also the truth that we're probably going to get a third string quarterback in this game as well. So um, yeah, I would like will- to now rush through the rest of the game so I can get over the bridge. Cause there's still an eight at one spot. <laughs> like, that's, that's what we've got going on in this game. Hey guys, we're trying to give you the best we can whenever we're recording these things. So again, information is going to come out after we get done. Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. And this was the game I was talking about at the top where when we say motivational factors, this has anti-motivational factor in this game. So guys, we are looking at the Houston Texans that if they go ahead and trip over their own, you know what in this game and win and the Chicago bears lose, like we think that they will, they will lose the number one draft spot in people are going to say the bears aren't going to take a quarterback. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, but someone is, and they're going to trade with the Bears to get that top spot, and then you don't have the choice of one of the three guys that you want. You, as the number one pick, can evaluate C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Will Levis, and you then can make the choice as to which guy is going to lead your franchise for the next decade and not have someone else dictate who you have to pick because you have already – because uh, you've already had one of those guys come off the board. So, again, this would be a franchise-altering win in the worst way for the for the Houston Texans. And, oh, by the way, the Colts want a quarterback as well. They currently sit in the five spot. A win would drop them behind the Rams. Again, most likely, we assume the Rams are going to lose, but who knows? Maybe the Rams would win. That spot, of course, isn't actually the Rams. It goes to Detroit, but it's neither here nor there. It does still drop them in this as well. And, it, and and we could be looking at a spot in which Detroit might be looking at the future for a quarterback as well, because Jared Goff, of course, is not going to be there forever. So it's a very, very interesting game here. Uh, Adam, when we look at it, it's sitting two and a half. I mean, I don't know if we have a real feel or handicap as to how this is going to go. We can't handicap tanking, but if you're Houston, you can't win this game, right? Like you can't do it. You also can't force Indianapolis to put 11 motivated defenders on the field. <laughs> like, there's just no way of getting your mind it's around. wild. This game is so this wild. Game. It really oh, is. Oh, no, I'm going to love every bit of it. I mean, every bit of it is going to look like the Patriots letting Ahmad Bradshaw score in the Super Bowl like, way back when. Like, no, 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 you, no, 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 
Oh, you go. No, no, no. Uh, that's that's about as much uh, salient analysis as I can give of this game. I'll pass on it because we've never had to sit here and handicap two teams trying to lose, and I'm not about to start now. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, Stian, it's it's it really is the craziest of crazy situations because there, it, it is two teams that desperately need to lose, and and so I just don't know. I mean, Jeff Saturday seems like the guy though. He knows he's a rena coach. He's whatever. He he seems like the dude who let's go in the season on a high note and like go out there and just like crush. Honest to God, if I was playing this, the only way I could do, I would, I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because I'm not going to do it, guys. I'm not doing it. I'm just saying the only way I'd play this, I would lay the two and a half with the Colts. That would be the only way I would play this game. Can you tell me why Texans plus eight and a half teaser leg is a bad idea? Because that was my instinct at first. Yes, because like Adam said, if the Texans are smart, they're going to go and get the hot dog vendors and put them on the field. Yeah, I mean, like they need to be signing guys off of like the damn G League. And yes, I understand that's basketball. I said that on purpose (laughs) to be funny, like to come and play like they 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 cannot win this game. Like you can't do it like you. You get several months to evaluate three quarterbacks that everybody thinks is going to be like potentially franchise altering NFL starting quarterbacks. And you desperately, desperately need that. You can't win this game. You just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, Davis Mills, if he's starting, he can't finish the game, right? Like they can't let him finish the game because (laughs) he's actually been playing well. He's actually (laughs) been competitive. So for all the reasons you guys have described, it's a total pass for me and just watch what kind of crazy, funny antics happen in this. If anything, I'm going to play the Colts like, in the contest. I, I, listen, I'm going to play the Colts you? in the contest. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm playing the Colts Sam in the contest. Elliger, one more time, baby. Yeah. Sam Ellinger. I'm doing it. I'm playing the Colts <laughs> in the contest. We, you want to do something fun with this game? See if like one of your books has one of those like $5 risk-free same game parlays and just take like every big yeah. name player in this game and, and parlay the unders. Under. Yes, just, just do that. Par- a 10, 10 leg under same game parlay. That's, <laughs> that's the way to go about this one. Uh, New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. This thing has moved to three in favor of the Dolphins because as we were recording this, Mike White was ruled out for the New York Jets. It is going to be Joe Flacco going for... The New York Jets. Now, that being said, we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Dolphins. Teddy Bridgewater was able to get back in a limited fashion, even with the dislocated pinky on his throwing hand yesterday. So there is that. Skylar Thompson, of course, looms, and they did go sign Mike Glennon as well for the, the Miami neck. Dolphins. Yeah. So, dude, I would love a week 18 Glennon versus Flacco. Like that would just be like, like that just be the greatest like game. Like, with a playoff spot on yeah, the line. With a playoff spot on the line. Like just give that, give that to me. But uh, Steven, again, uh, three points in favor of the Dolphins look like it, there's a slight potential. It could be Bridgewater, probably Skylar Thompson. Feels to me like another team that has something to play for getting steamed and maybe overpriced against a team that quote unquote has nothing to play for because it's not just the quarterbacks for the Dolphins. Their left tackle, Teron Armstead, back to back DMPs after he didn't play last week. Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard back to a limited practice on Thursday. Still don't know if they're going to play. On the flip side, though, Three offensive linemen with back-to-back DMPs for the Jets. So add that to the quarterback situation as well. Uh, But I think I'm tempted to play Jets teaser here 
I'm just there's no reason for me to to bet it as we record right now because of all the steam that's coming in on the Dolphins. If this gets the plus three, I might take the Jets just straight up. But if we're going to sit in the two, two and a half range, then I think Jets teaser leg here is fine because the Dolphins have been a below average, maybe a bottom 10 team with these other quarterbacks when they're on the field. Well, let me give you real time stuff here. Uh, Robert Sala is on the mic as we are recording this. Dwayne Brown, George Fant, and Nate Herbig are all out for the game. So three starting offensive linemen for the Jets oh boy. are all out to go with Joe Flacco uh, there for the Jets. So there's that that plays into this as well, which again, now I understand why everything is moving towards the Dolphins. And I, I think that that is but still like, are you going to lay th- it's it, by the way, it's now three across the board. I just checked yeah. again. It's it's three across the board. Are you going to lay three with a hurt Teddy or Skylar Thompson? That's hard. I I don't think I'm going to do that either. Well, Adam, I got to tell you this. He's sitting at the podium and Robert Sala says that Flacco is like a Ford pickup truck. You might not appreciate him in September or October, but you really appreciate him when the weather turns nasty. So that that should help you with your handicap here, I assume. Yes, the F either stands for (laughs) Ford, Flacco, or what I think about this game. Um Guys, fart noise. Is that what the other F is? Yeah, yeah sure. Let's go. Yeah, with that. yeah we'll go. Um, yeah. yeah um, 37 is too high. Uh, and, yeah. And th- look at what you're going to have. Right. Uh, you're going to have a, a injured second string and or third string quarterback. You have the New York Jets skipping over Zach Wilson to go to Joe Flacco in a spot where we just talked about being able to evaluate quarterbacks. You have the perfect spot to evaluate your second year quarterback, and you're like, now nah, we're good. Yeah, we'll we're, just we're, punch we're on good. this till next year. Yeah. No, we, we, <laughs> if you ever wanted a sign of Zach Wilson's future in New York, it's this game right here. Now, I, the one thing I want to point out with the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. is we've talked so much about the handling of DeMar Hamlin and how wonderful the Bills' medical staff was in saving his life. The Miami Dolphins are going to miss the playoffs because they either willfully or ignorantly screwed up the concussion protocol on Tua Tagovailoa so badly mm-hmm. that they left him out there in the second half when he likely was concussed when they were, as you mentioned last week, Matt, trucking the Green Bay Packers. They were up 10 points on Green Bay and they let Tua at the very best in a compromised state stay out in that game when Teddy Bridgewater easily could have guided them home with a victory they absolutely needed. And now this team is left in a spot where they need help. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I think the only angle here, maybe if you wanted to play a Garrett Wilson, all the Garrett Wilson over props that the only thing they have to play for is to get him rookie of the year. Right. And I, I mean, and so if he gets 15 targets in this game, it would not surprise me like in the least bit. Right. Like, I mean, like it just, that's all they have to play for. They have to play to get him rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner's already got it locked up on the defensive side. So it's like, it's, they could walk out of this season saying we had both rookies of the year. Right. I mean, like there's, there's at least that, and that could be a, you know, yeah, I know. Right. I mean, if give them something to, to cheer for Uh, Wilson, the currently the second shot, in that market at plus two oh five, if you are I feel so for important. the I feel for the Dolphins win total betters as well because I have a friend who has a good chunk of change on the Dolphins over win total here, and that's riding on this game. 
and he could have had it in any one of the games over the past month. And now he's in a situation <laughs> where it's the final game and he needs Teddy slash Skylar Thompson to beat a beat up New York Jets team to cash that win total over. So good luck to him. Fun, then. Yeah, another fun, awful, torturous sweat coming for the, the Dolphins win total backers. We got the Panthers and the Saints. And listen, guys, we've been able to find angles on all the games we've talked about here on the pod so far. Both teams dead. Absolutely nothing to play for. Saints don't have a first round pick. They don't have anything like there. This is just, you know, again, there's absolutely nothing here to to play for. No motivational angles to talk about. Carolina currently sitting ninth overall in the draft on the draft board. So like. Losing doesn't really do them all that they great. They don't have as their first as, round pick either. The Saints, and, yeah, that's what I was saying. So, but even the Panthers, right, are sitting ninth currently. Doesn't okay. really do them any good to lose or so. I, I don't know, man. Like if this one, Adam, I know I was like, hey, let's find angles in all these games and and whatever. Like this game, if you're betting it, you're good for you, I guess. Like I, I don't have any <laughs> idea. Well, think about it this way. Carolina offense, since the removal of Baker Mayfield, Preach. has actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And if you look at last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the offense did its part in that game. So mm-hmm. against an unmotivated Saints team that, you know, you look at that score last week against the Eagles and it's inflated by the Marshawn Lattimore pick six. I don't hate if you want to take Carolina here, because I believe that this offense, because they need to run the ball in order to be good. And mm-hmm. any team that's just trying to play out the season is just going to run the ball anyway. I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. I I, I, sh- I guess I should have put it that way. It would be it would be Carolina or pass. Right. Like for for sure, it would be Carolina or pass considering you're getting more than a hook, right? I mean, I mean, you're getting three and a three and a right. hook there in that thing. Steven, is there, is there anything you see in this one? Again, total sitting 41 and a half to 42. If there is a motivational angle whatsoever in this game, it's the Panthers players trying to get Steve Wilkes hired full time because all of the local mm-hmm. beat reporters down there. That's true. Are That's saying- true that the players love Steve Wilkes Mm -hmm. and they want him to be the full-time head coach. So that is the potential angle here. I think that's that combined with some of the advanced metrics are probably why you're seeing this turn into an expensive plus three and a half for the Panthers as we record on Friday morning. So that's, that's probably my stopping point. I need Panthers plus three and a half minus minus one fifteen if I'm going to bet on this game, but that is a bet for me. And Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead, I, yeah. I, I just it's that's. The, I'm glad you brought that up. You're right. That, that is that is at least an, an angle here because the players apparently do do love Wilkes. There is that. Right. So that that to me combined with the fact that the Panthers' offense has been good, like Adam mentioned over the past month, second and seventh in EPA and success rate. New New Orleans in that span is below average. Now, admittedly, the Saints defense has been pretty good, but they're 27th and 28th in EPA and success rate against the run over the past month. And go ask the Detroit Lions what happens if you don't have your run game defense figured out against this Carolina offense. They will run all over you. So I think the Panthers can at least keep this game within a field goal. Uh, just a, just an aside here, guys. Like, so we mentioned Garrett Wilson is plus two Oh five for rookie of the year. Chris Olave is 30 to one 
for rookie of the year. He is one touchdown and 32 yards behind Garrett Wilson on the season, playing huh. two fewer games. Chris Olave missed two games. He is 32 yards and one touchdown behind Garrett Wilson, yet he's 30 to one, and Garrett Wilson's plus 205. So if he goes off in this game, that's I'm just, just saying, that's just, that's interesting to me that he is somehow 30 to one, playing two fewer games and only 30 yards behind and one touchdown. So that's, uh, Something hmm. I think, you know, at least at least I thought I'd throw it out there. At least, you know, whatever, whatever. We're looking for angles, all right? We're trying to figure out like something. We're, we're trying to figure things out here in this thing. That's worth uh, some lunch money. I'm in. <laughs> bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES, and you're on your way with the king of sports books. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. All right, let's look at the Browns and the Steelers. Two points in favor of the Steelers in this one, who again still have playoff aspirations. 40 and a half is our total in this one as we were recording this as well. Jadavian Clowney packed up his stuff and went home. He uh, got sent home from the Browns facility and apparently said on the way out, there's a 95% chance I won't be back here next year. So there's that for the dysfunctional Browns team that is uh, actually the defensive side has started to play well over the last six weeks of the season. So good for them uh, heading into this. Adam, if we take a look, um, look, Steelers, they're fine. They're not good. Pickett certainly is coming around. I think Pickett might actually have a future in this league and all of that. Browns showed signs of life at least a little bit last week in all of this. Do we think the Steelers have it in them to win at margin in any game? I don't have it in the account. If someone told me they wanted to take eight, eight and a half with the Browns in a 40 and a half total, I guess I probably wouldn't talk them off of it. No, I, I agree with that. I think I also would ask anybody looking at this game, show me how we're getting to 40 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, even in looking good, even in the games they've won, how have they done it the last couple of weeks? 
They've done it with late touchdowns, one that allowed them to win 13 to 10 and one that allowed them to win 16 to 13. And I don't know that I see how either of these teams is putting up 20 and or 20 Mm -hmm. plus to be able to push this thing up to 40 and a half. So I think you're you're right. Uh, I think the teaser leg makes sense because of what I'm talking about here that I don't see either of these teams getting eight and a half points apart from the other. Steven, two in favor of a Steelers team that, again, does at least still have somewhat of a hope of making the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a Steelers line that is inflated because they are still alive for the playoffs and are playing a team that isn't because under normal circumstances, this is not the correct line to me. I I like Brown's teaser up to eight and a half. Uh, I even like Moneyline Parlay on the Browns with Tampa Bay first half. You can get plus 450 on that. Uh, if you want to go so bold as to a three-leg Moneyline Parlay with some dogs, you can p- add the Carolina team at, and make it plus 1250. So Cleveland Moneyline, Carolina Moneyline, Tampa Bay first half at plus 1250 or better. Uh, so those are a couple of dabbles I'll do on the Moneyline mm-hmm. side of things. But yeah, this is... This is a Browns team that finally had a normal game last week. No winter weather and, you know, a few more weeks for Deshaun Watson to kind of get some more reps and get back into the swing. And they posted above average yards per play against a good Washington defense. And the Browns defense continued its late season turnaround, less than four yards per play allowed against a below average offense, admittedly. But that seems like a similar spot to me here against Pittsburgh. What's really confusing to me, guys, are the advanced stats on Pittsburgh because – Over the past month, they've scored 16 points or fewer in three of the past four games. But in that span, they're top five in EPA and success rate, top 10 across the board, including run or pass. So I it doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me based on what we've seen on the field. It's very strange. I can't explain it, to be honest with you, but I'm going to trust my eyes here and take Cleveland on the teaser leg here at plus eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's just very, very, very tough for me to get to get on the on the Pittsburgh side here. I'm I'm with you. I think that maybe just because they have something to play for that that's automatically swinging to their side. Where you know, again, this should be a pick them under normal circumstances, yeah, honestly. most likely. All right, let's head to a game here that is at least somewhat, somewhat interesting, the Chargers and the Broncos, because guess what? We have to play the guessing game. That's why it's so interesting, because the Chargers find themselves as three-point dogs to the Denver Broncos with a total of 39.5 to 40. And the reason we're sitting here and people are going to go, what do you mean? Why? Why in the world is this going on? That is because the Chargers would sit here and uh, they would be able to rest players if Cincinnati Bengals take care of business as they should against the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon Staley actually came out and said yesterday that that would be something that they would consider. So impossible game to play for me, guys. Impossible scenario to 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 try and handicap. I think we all think Cincinnati is going to beat the Ravens. So therefore it puts the Chargers in a situation to rest their players if they want to. Seems like that's going to be the case. Steven, I'll start with you, but I don't, I don't have much, much in this one. My analysis of this game is that honestly, the the NFL has done a terrible job in scheduling these games this week and when they play the the Ravens and the Bengals game should be going on at the same time as the Chargers and the Broncos game. And you could move the the Bengals game to the four o'clock window and then just move the Cowboys game up to the one o'clock window. It'd be very easy fix for these things. Same thing with the Sunday night game where the Lions might not have anything to play for on Sunday night football. We'll get to that game. Talk about this one. Let's go. There's multiple examples 
examples of yeah. like terrible scheduling in week 18 that was very easily fixable and they didn't do it. So, but to your point, the Ra- the Ravens are probably going to lose in the one o'clock window, which makes this game meaningless for the Chargers. But at the same time, like we've seen this Broncos team all year. Like I have no interest in putting money on the Denver Broncos as favorites. I, and it's probably going to be, you know, if you had to guess, Adam, if if things play out like we think here and the Ravens lose, this might get steamed for the Broncos up to three. In that case, we have to have a, a different discussion than what we're looking at here at two and a half. It's three I think across that's the, the most board. Likely, you got threes right now? It's three across the board right three now. Three and a half. Right, three and a half juiced in some spots. Yeah, yeah. Then that happened while we've been doing the show because earlier yeah, this morning it, it was two yeah. and a half. Because the, Okay, so now we can have a, a better conversation here. If this gets to three and a half, guys, are you interested in the Chargers at this point with the dumpster fire that has been Denver all season? With their backups, no, the Chargers. I'm not. I'm not either. Um, no. Yeah. Um, it, like the, you, like you said, the quote by Staley Matt. yesterday, Adam. Like, I mean, it says, if if that's something we feel like would be a good decision, we'll take it case by case. And like, so here's the case: you had Keenan Allen who missed the majority of the season with the hamstring. You had Mike Williams who missed a ton of time with his ankle injury. Justin Herbert battled injury all season long. All the way. The case by case is that all the good players are not going to play. So well, I'm I'm just not interested in that. And and I'll add this. If you pay attention to what the Broncos have said the last couple of weeks, there's actually been this strange little rally around Russell Wilson. Um, I would not be at all surprised with an interim coach and with them trying to prove that this Russell Wilson thing isn't a complete and total disaster. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Broncos offense rally up just a little bit this week. So that's enough that I wouldn't want to get involved with taking the points with the Chargers. New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, two touchdown favorites are the Eagles. 43 is your total. Guys, this is one where you're going, wait, what in the hell are you talking about? Eagles going to get Hurts back, playing for the number one seed. Giants are locked in. Dayball came out and said, basically, he backed off of his, oh, no, we're going to play. He backed off at him and said, actually, maybe not with all that. I mean, like, look, it, he's a sharp dude. He gets it. If there's no reason to play guys, especially with as injured as this team has been all year long, risking even even a few snaps with Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones or anything like that makes no sense whatsoever. I think this line is appropriate. I think we're going to see all Giants backups for 95 percent of this game. I, I don't have much, much more than that. It was only a couple of weeks ago that the New York Giants, with their starters on the field, got absolutely wrecked by Philadelphia. What would be the motivation for Brian Dable to send his starters out there again? What, to prove that they aren't going to get wrecked a second time? (laughs) Look, this is not Tom Coughlin and the Giants going against the... 15 no Patriots and trying to say, no, we're going to do what's right by the game. Philadelphia's going to win this game regardless. Now, two touchdowns. That's obviously, you know, that, that is a wide berth for a Philadelphia mm-hmm. team that at least for, I'd say the first two thirds, roughly of the season, wasn't blowing anybody out. But the one team they blew out was the New York Giants. So that being the case, uh, you're, you're certainly not going to reach a point where you say to me, OK, that's enough points to take the Giants. Yeah, Stephen, it's, it's just a 
I'm not going to say it's completely unbettable. I think you're probably taking the 14 if you're playing the game just because, hey, it's two touchdowns in the NFL and whatever and all that. But again, what we we, we haven't seen, though, you, like people are going to say, I, I heard someone with this handicap yesterday, but teams hadn't been covering these big spreads in the NFL and all that. We have not. Yes, you're right. But that's two A teams playing against each other. We are literally going to get a a team playing for the number one overall seed with their starters against a team that is likely to run out all back. It's not the same scenario. It's not apples to apples. So like we can't sit here and say, look at the stats all season long. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like that's not that's that's not the case in this game. It would only be Eagles for me in this game, but I also could see a situation where they're up comfortably, but maybe not by 14 late and they just pull guys because they already have the one seed locked up. So uh, it's no bet for me. I think the most interesting conversation around this game is the coach of the year market where Brian Dable has been getting a lot of publicity from some influencers in the NFL space, notably Sharp and Mina Kimes, and he's now up to plus 275. And I ask selfishly because I have juicy numbers on Nick Sirianni and Kyle Shanahan that I would very much not like to go to zero. So do you guys think Brian Dable is live at this point? I do not. I think this is people trying to pump up maybe their own personal like, I mean, from a from a sharp standpoint, I don't know. I mean, Mina Kimes, I don't know if she bets or not. or I have no idea. But like it's do I think he probably should get it? Yes. Do I think they will vote him to get it? No. If that's if that answers your question, at, 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 do you have the same kind of sentiment, Adam? Like, I think what he's done is ma- magician work, but like, I don't think they're actually going to vote him coach of the year Brian look Brian Dave was not going to win coach of the year uh, and that, I'm saying that as a Giants fan mm-hmm. who could not be happier to have Brian Dable as the head coach of my team but the Nick Sirianni thing everyone's going to look and say well he didn't have Jalen Hurts for the two weeks that uh, you know that Philadelphia struggled so as long as they go ahead and lock up the number one seed I think this is Nick Sirianni's to lose Arizona well, Cardinals yeah, oh, sorry, Matt. I, I just did the mess up at the beginning no, of the intro, but I just no want worries. to say thank you. That makes me feel much better. And sorry, go go ahead, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. This is another two touchdown game. Arizona Cardinals not going to have anybody out there. Cliff Kingsbury likely on his way out. It is the J.J. Watt retirement game. If you want to play that, if you want to play that angle, I guess, uh, again, 14 in favor of the 49ers. 39 and a half is the total. Steven, we know 49ers, there is still something to play for for them because we talked about all these wacky scenarios in which all the seedings and things can all be juggled and and whatnot. So um, there is that for them. Cardinals going to basically put nobody out on the field. Lame duck coach, most likely. And, uh, you know, Whatever. J.J. Watt, at least riding off into the sunset, maybe is an angle for the Cardinals, I guess. The only angle I would consider here, I'm not betting the game. Uh, 49ers win, Eagles lost, they get the one seed. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts plays, it's highly unlikely to happen. At least in the first half, though, there's uncertainty about what's going to happen in Philadelphia. So maybe we get the best effort from the 49ers in the first half. So I would take a peek at some first half odds here on the Niners. But beyond that, I'm not interested. Adam, another two touchdown game here. 49ers, 14 point favorites over the Cardinals. I probably would wait to see when the player props get posted, what the J.J. Watt over a half sack Mm -hmm. uh, number looks like, because, you know, 
did you see how excited everyone was last week yeah. when J.J. Watt got a sack? Like, they're going to try to send him out that way. They might even give him a ceremonial one, right, or something like that or whatever. <laughs> like, the 49ers, like, it's a class organization, right? I mean, like, they, do, they might even give him a little ceremonial sack thing or something like that. Oh, yeah, it'll be like Strahan getting yeah. the record uh, in a, against Brett Favre. Yeah. yeah. Like something like that. That's a good, that's a good angle. That that's at least something that is truly bettable and actionable stuff for a game that is, that brings nothing to the table. Really? The problem, the problem by the way, with Niners first half is it's, it's juiced to minus seven and a half, which is a lot. So Uh, I think I actually like, I actually like 49ers first quarter better than that at minus (laughs) three and a half. We're digging deep here, fellas. We're trying. We are. It's it's week 18 guys. Come on. Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks. We know Seattle Seahawks, all the motivation in the world. They are going to need some help, but they can try to get in the playoffs with a win here. They're six point favorites over the Rams. 41 and a half is the total in this one. So, uh, Stephen, as we go in, the question becomes, this is definitely a bloated line because the Seahawks probably shouldn't be six point favorites over any team other than maybe the Texans and Colts at this point. So it is bloated due to the motivational factor. The Rams have shown at least minimal signs of life. I mean, Baker Mayfield's probably playing for either a backup contract in LA or I know Matt Stafford says he's coming back. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe this elbow thing is more than we think or whatever. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, there are, I don't think the Rams are going to lay down here in this one, unlike some of these other games and whatnot. So I don't know. Six, six seems a little, a little heavy for me. Yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, the difference between four and a half and six is basically not much, right? It's, it's, we're a lot of dead numbers in between there. So uh, that's why I've been, had a hard time pulling the trigger. This was six and a half, I think, earlier this week. So some sharp money has come in on the Rams here to cover. Um, I was, I was really impressed by the Seahawks last week. I mean, I just, I think they're a team that I can't figure out week to week at this point because they went through stretches where we were really impressed and they were, performing above our expectations and then for a month they look like the team we all thought they were coming into the season Mm -hmm. so each and every week even with the season on the line this week I'm just not sure which version of them we are going to get so I'm having a hard time being confident in either side in this game because if we get the best version of the Seahawks against a Rams team that's devoid of talent at this point yeah I could see them covering the spread but who do we how do we know which team we're going to get each week yeah, I mean that is that that certainly is the question here, I, Adam. What have you? What, what do you feel basically overall of the Rams in general? I mean, of all these teams that are completely dead and entering these games completely dead, I think maybe the Rams have the most life to me in any of it. If that makes sense, like I, I don't know, like like I do think there are a bunch of guys who are now getting playing opportunity. So again, this isn't like a team that is going to have a bunch of stars that are completely unmotivated. And it's kind of like to hell with this, whatever, you know, let's get to Cabo. It's like, no, it's a whole bunch of second stringers because all the good guys are hurt. Right. So there are, I think the Rams probably bring a decent effort. I agree with you. Um, We just watched the Rams lose to the chargers. And I think that score is a little bit misleading on the 31 to 10. If you watched a lot of that game last week, uh, the defense just got worn down Hmm. over time because the offense really wasn't producing much, but that was a competitive first half from Los Angeles Rams. 
And I wouldn't lose the thread that this is still a divisional game, right? Mm -hmm. This is still teams that know each other very well. So I think Seahawks would be the side if I wanted to. I apologize. I I think uh, taking the points with Mm -hmm. the Los Angeles Rams would be the side if I were to uh, take a side in this game. And I think under would probably be maybe the look that I would prefer to that just by a little bit. Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. It is Cowboys seven point favorites right now over the Washington Commanders. Commanders turning it over to rookie Sam Howell as they should, because why they're dead. Go see what you get in the guy you drafted him. So let's go ahead and see what the dude can do. Uh, maybe I have the, my, my greatest CLV ticket of all time. I do have a Cowboys plus four and a half ticket in my account on a look ahead line. And then also took them again at three and a half point favorites in this one, when it was pretty obvious that the commanders were going to make the move to the rookie as they should again, like you should see what you have in a guy, throw him out there, see what, see what you got. Now, um, 41 is the total in this thing. Of course, as we know, Cowboys still do have something to play for because, it's going on the same time as the Eagles game. Now they could pull, they could pull everything off at halftime or whatever and all that. But like at least first half, they're going to be, they're going to be uh, going full bore here after this commander's team. So that is out there, Adam. Um, look, Sam Howell, there was rumors. He could have been a first rounder or, you know, whatever. He, he didn't play that great in his senior year, fell in the draft, but in the preseason, he had a game. He threw for, 280 yards he like ran for 62 yards stuff like that I mean like there is at least something there with him I don't think he's like completely devoid of talent or anything um the problem is it's it's his first start against a highly motivated Cowboys team yeah I think the only way to get involved here is first half and I don't even love the number three and a half um Mm -hmm. because I think you're exactly right about the Dallas team here you're looking at a situation where the Dallas Cowboys are probably not going to have more than a quarter to a quarter and a half of time in which the Philadelphia Eagles are not trucking Mm -hmm. the New York Giants so I think if you want to play this the way that I would look at it now that the number is what it is with Dallas laying seven is if you see Dallas get ahead early as a live bet the algorithm is not going to be able to price in Dallas pulling all of its starters if Philadelphia gets to the point where they're blowing out the Giants. So if you find, (coughs) pardon me, Dallas with an early touchdown and you get something like Washington plus 10 and a half, then I think you're probably looking good for the full game because in the end, I don't think Dallas is going to end up playing its starters because of the fact that Philadelphia is going to truck the Giants. Steven, here we go again. Full touchdown Cowboys on the road at the Commanders. Dallas minus a half first quarter. I think you can get minus 110 mm-hmm. at most spots on that. That's the yeah. angle I like here. Even if you take all the other situations out of play and look at this um, just on paper, EPA per play and success rate in the first quarter of this season, Dallas is top 10. They're sixth and seventh specifically. Washington in the first quarter, bottom 20. And the the mindset behind this bet is the team script their first 15 plays. Dallas has been pretty good at scripting their plays. Washington has been pretty bad at scripting their plays. And now you insert a quarterback making his first career NFL start. That's my favorite angle in this game. I think it makes a lot of sense. And our final game of week 18, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, as we sit right now, four and a half to five in favor of the Packers, 49 to 49 and a half is your total. Guys, this one's pretty simple for me. 
I am going to be watching the Seattle game. If Seattle is winning that game, I am going to bet the Packers before this thing gets on the other side of six. If this is somehow in some way, the Rams are going to beat or are beating the Seahawks. I'm going to come in. I'm going to take the points for the lions. Very simple handicap for me because this look, we're all human beings. They are. This was a lions team thought they were dead in the season rally back. Think they're going to get an opportunity to play for the playoffs. And then it could literally be sitting there watching their opportunity evaporate in front of their very eyes. I know they're pros. I know they're professionals, but Adam, you go out on the field after you've just been kicked in the gut like that. It's impossible to give your best effort. It's impossible to play up. And we know the Packers still have to win the game regardless. So for me, pretty simple. Seahawks are going to win. I'm going to bet the Packers. Seahawks are going to lose. I'm going to bet the Lions. Well, if we're going to make this handicap about motivation, not talking about on field, then I don't know that the Lions lose all of their motivation because they know that this is it, right? Like it's not a win you're in, but it's sure as hell a win and you knock Green Bay out. And so I think Dan Campbell can probably get his guys rallied up to the idea of you want to keep your division rival out of the playoffs, go out there and kick their butts. So I don't think they lose all motivation. Do they have the same motivation? Absolutely not. Um, The Detroit Lions offense continues to play very well. And I'm more inclined to take points with them than I am to lay it with the Packers simply because I think that the Detroit Lions, ultimately, you're getting skewed a little bit by that Carolina game with them. But the EPA numbers are all there. The success numbers are all there. I think they're going to be able to move the ball uh, against Green Bay. That's that's really where my handicap starts. Steven, Jared Goff. Highest passer rating and best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL since week 10. He's thrown 15 touchdowns, hasn't thrown a pick since week 10. Is Jared Goff here? Uh, What do you see in this one? Two different angles. The first would be a money line parlay because with week 18, sometimes you get some correlation, right, on potential outcomes. So if you were to bet Seattle money line parlayed with Green Bay money line right now, you can get pretty close to plus 100 and i think maybe like minus 105 if you're if you're shopping around there might be some of those but that price as we sit here right now is a lot cheaper than it will be if on the on the green bay money line if seattle wins the game if seattle wins and detroit's eliminated green bay is going to get steamed a little bit and that money line price is going to be a lot more expensive so at least in terms of correlated outcomes and value there is incentive to lock that money line parlay in right now if you think the Packers are going to win the game. For me, though, on the spread, I'm only interested in Detroit at this point, but I'm not betting it right now because if Seattle wins the game, then we're going to get a, a even bigger number, I think, on Detroit than the four and a half we're seeing right now. There's, I think there's a five popping. So I'm just going to wait and see what kind of number I get on Detroit because even if Seattle loses – I really, uh, you guys can tell me if you disagree. If Seattle loses and Detroit is alive to make the playoffs, I still don't really see this number sinking to like three and a half by any means. Yeah, may, may, maybe not. I, I don't know. I um, Like I said, it, for me, 
I like the Lions if they have something to play for. I like the Packers if they don't. That's basically a pretty pretty simple handicap for for me in this one. Guys, everything we do, absolutely free here on the line. So please support us, not monetarily. Just hit that subscribe button down below. That's all we're asking. Give us a thumbs up and let us know in the comments section. You can support section. me monetarily. Yeah, how, how you're playing <laughs> week 18. What's your favorite bet? What's some of the angles that you're looking at as well? Super, super interesting. Guys, we'll continue this through the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. So we're not going anywhere quite yet for Adam, for Steven. Good luck on all your bets here in week 18.